Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the show 2022. I'm just like, ah, because the other day I started to write 2021 again. Not like I want that year repeated all over. Although, when I started thinking about it, there were a lot of amazing things in 2021 that I am grateful for to this day, including my guest, Tucker Stein, today, who I met through a mutual friend, Dina Moskowitz of SASMAX Partner Optimizer. And I reached Tucker on my show after doing a webinar with him for SASMAX Partner Optimizer. And that was episode 315. For those of you who are wondering when I reference, he's back on again. <laughs> so in December, I had Tucker on and we were talking about branding. We were talking about so many different concepts around marketing and how you think about what you are doing in very different ways than you've ever heard before. And everybody really wanted him back on, including myself, because we never got to go into another half of everything that Tucker does in the world. One of the things that he happens to do, which I realized very quickly again when we were prepping for the show, is that I don't know why. Every time I start talking to him, I feel happier. So he's got some sort of happiness thing going on. And I don't know if it's his caring, his kindness, his intelligence, whatever it is, but I always feel better when I get a chance to talk to Tucker Stein. So I'm bringing him right back on the camera now. And we're just going to go have a good time today talking about, let's see, TEDx talks, personal branding, business branding, how the twain shall never meet or meet. So welcome again, Tucker. Thank you, Laura, for having me again. I, 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 I'm smiling because I love that intro, and I love to play it back for my kids so they realize <laughs> that they do have a bad. Because <laughs> right now they're, they 16 and, they're 16 and 13, and they want nothing to do with mom and dad. So that was, <laughs> that was nice to hear because we don't hear it in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I'm glad I could share it with the world. That they Thank all you. need somebody like Tucker Stein in their life, not only for uh, business things, but for personal things. So, yeah, Very play this back for your you. kids over and over again. <laughs> Happy to be back. Thank you for having me again. Well, I, you know, when we finished the episode in December, one of the things that we didn't get a chance to talk about was the work that you do helping people prepare for TED Talks and we didn't go very deep into personal branding versus mm -hmm. business branding. We talked more entrepreneurship stuff and on the first go round. Right. And I think it's really important because number one, I have tons of friends who have done Ted talks and everybody says I should do one on how to ask the right questions and how important questions are and stuff. But I'm like, really, does it matter if you're not a TED talk, but you're a TEDx talk, does it really make a difference? Is it like the Shark Tank where it needs to be this um, very sort of crafted thing, or can it be more personal? And, you know, you've helped a lot of people get there, Tucker, and I'm, I'm curious. Well, no, you, you bring up a really, and I get that question a lot. And um, to back up a little oh, bit. Oh, darn. I don't like asking questions everybody else asks. Well, no, well <laughs> but, you said, but you, said it in, you said it in a way that was really interesting. Um, you know, I, having been in the marketing branding world for, for so many years, um, I was blessed that one of my mentors, Jack Abbott, gosh, probably close to 14 years ago now, um, started TEDx San Diego. Uh, and... I knew nothing about Ted at that point, um, even though Ted's been around since 1984 um, and brought me in as part of the organizing team. And I immediately was like, wow, this is, you know, something struck a chord that I hadn't felt in any business situation ever before. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that it got, th it, it cut through the clutter of sales. Uh, it cut through the clutter of product. It cut through the product of always having to kind of spin things in order for people to buy into something. And it was simply people, really, really great, intelligent, thought-provoking, thought leaders up and sharing their best ideas. I mean, it was just, it, it's so simple, yet it was absolutely game-changing for me. 
because at the end of the day, I realized that we focus so much of branding and so much of sales on products and services that we forget behind every product and every service, there's a human that has to buy it. There's a human that right. has to connect with it. And at the end of the day, um, like I said before, if we're buying on emotion and justifying with logic, these are the kinds of conversations around emotional connection that you know aren't happening enough in the business world. And Ted figured it out in 18 minutes or less. How can we get the best of the best up on a stage and share game-changing ideas where people are tapped into the emotional side of, of, of their lives, you know, the, the other side of the brain that they really get a chance to, to have a, have a relationship with. And from there on out, it was like, I need to be a part of this. Um, and I realized after, you know, several years of doing this, that you get to meet some of the coolest people on the planet that have some of the most wonderful ideas and not one of them is there for sales or ego or anything that has to do with kind of the, the the darker side of marketing, so to speak. It was everything to do with the best parts of the of my job and why I fell in love with marketing and branding to begin with. And I realized it had everything to do with brand as person, not brand as a company, product, service, or something that you're trying to sell. Um, and that from there was realizing that was kind of like my love for personal branding, and which is why I've dedicated so much of my time of Yes, you're over in the corporate world over here, or yes, you you know you know how to uh, sell a product over here. But how do you show up as yourself? How do you show up as your own brand to your you know your your community, your family, your business, your team, anything? How do you show up? Because that's a true reflection of how you are perceived and how successful you're going to be. The most successful people that I know, Laura, honestly, have solid. They they know themselves. They know what they're good at. They know what they're not so good at, but they embrace both sides of it. And then they know exactly how to show up for somebody every single day. That's what the power of a personal brand can do. And I think that's why I fell in love with that TEDx component um, or the TED journey. And just a real, a real quick to go back to your question, TED is the corporate, the, the larger brand, the, the, the founder of, of the TED experience. Uh, technology, entertainment, design is what it stands for. And they had an annual conference every year. It became so popular and so overwhelming and so sought after that they ended up deciding to license the brand to organizers, which is the X. So anytime you see an X, that means it's the TED brand licensed to a specific organizer that can bring the TED experience to other local regionalized areas. Um, so it's it's it, that's, that's the main difference. Um, and when you deliver a TEDx talk, it goes up on the TEDx YouTube channel, which is where you're getting all the views. And that's where, you know, everyone is directed to. And then Ted will cycle up TEDx talks onto their actual um, TED website. But the TED event, so to speak, is something that you apply for. It's invitation. Um, it's not a TEDx. So there, that's, that's the difference between the two. So TEDx, you apply for. TED, you get invited to. Correct. Okay. All right. Yep. And I, I, there was something really interesting that you um, just said, well, there was a lot of interesting in there, but you said, how do you show up as yourself? And that's one of the things that sets apart the successful TED speakers and TEDx speakers. And I think you need to tell your kids that their dad is awesome at showing up. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's Thank a you. huge piece of what yeah. I know about you from all the conversations we've had over the last whole bunch of months. Um, question though, because you, you were talking about that the TED talks, the TEDx talks are less about branding and products and, and that it's about information and sharing. And this is just something I've, I've noticing, maybe it's because I'm on a lot of lists, a lot of email lists of certain kinds of people. I feel like the marketers are trying to take over the TED, the TEDx talks and the TED, not necessarily the TED, but definitely the TEDx talks and trying to push through almost like how PBS, there's all these PBS specials from mm -hmm. certain kinds of people because they're pushing a book that they want to go New York times and, and whatever. And I feel like there's a dilution of the intent of several of these platforms 
from your perspective, is that true or it's just because I happen to be on those people's lists that I'm rapidly clearing myself off of because I feel like I'm marketed at versus marketed to if you think there's a difference between those two things. Yeah. No, you bring up a good point. I think, um, you know, you look at the growth of the the TEDx brand. I mean, I think there's over close to 2,500 um, TEDx events now worldwide, uh, 12 to 1,400 alone here in the United States. Um, so the growth of it, I mean, it, 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 I guess you could look at it from the perspective of a natural growth pattern of any brand is that you're going to see more of it if it's if it's more exposed and, and that sort of thing. I think more and more individuals are tapping into that TEDx brand as a as a social validator, as a um, a professional, you know, credible validator, so to speak, which which has a lot of merit to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think part of what becomes a challenge is there are some people that use it for the right reasons. And there are other people I think that um, will probably push the limits of what TEDx is meant to do um, for personal gain. And that's one of the things that, you know, I've, I've been very cautious of is, you know, working with clients specifically that leave the ego at the door and really are focused on global impact. Um, And that's my, my biggest, you know, kind of um, radar that I use right at, right at the beginning. If you're here to promote a book or, you know, promote a product or get more visibility in terms of, you know, personal fame, so to speak, right. that's, that's not, you know, you know, that's a different kind of experience. If you're looking and you've got a specific idea and a story that you've experienced in your life that you know that's going to help other people, let's start a conversation. And I think that's where a lot of the blurred lines have happened is that some people are taking a little bit advantage of that, uh, of the brand uh, for personal gain. And not enough focused on the ideas themselves, um, you know, because there's a lot of people that will have this wonderful story and say, oh, you got to do a TEDx talk. And, you know, TEDx isn't about just story. You know, story reinforces the idea. The idea is the most important thing. The story reinforces and it just validates why you're the right person to be delivering that idea. But it comes down to the ideas first, because you could have the greatest story in the world. You've traveled the world and all, all these things. But if somebody else can't relate to why that's important or how that's going to create some sort of change or social impact, then it really isn't an idea. It's just a really damn good story. And I think a lot of people struggle with that um, because that's where ego starts to play into it. Am I just telling the story because I want people to look at me or am I telling my story to reinforce an idea that's going to create some change and help another person? Um, And I think that's where, you know, some people take advantage of the brand. So I I don't know if that answers it or not. It's it's. Yes, you're part of a mar- you're, you're part of the marketing world, but at the same time, it's also um, one of those kinds of events that's going to come back even stronger after COVID um, because people are just starving for content that inspires, right, and not divides. You know, they they you know they want content that brings people together, and TEDx is you know other than like maybe an Upworthy or a Goldcast or some other social platform, TED really does own that kind of uplifting, inspirational thought leadership, um, um, model, so to speak. I look back at some of the earlier TED stuff versus some of the the newer, I guess, since it's franchised out. Licensed out, not franchised out, but licensed out. And I definitely see some more of that that has slipped through of that story is not reinforcing the idea that somebody Mm -hmm. is like, oh, this is great story. And I I wrote a whole bunch of like, oh, these are such great quotes from Tucker. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, am I telling the story to just have someone look at me? Or Mm -hmm. is there something in this that will move somebody forward in some way because I shared something. Exactly. And I, I do notice that from like the early stages, I, I'm a huge, I watch TV a lot. Okay. And I use it a lot to trigger my brain with creativity. Mm -hmm. And I look at different things that are going on. I mean, you and I have done this whole pop culture referencing thing and Use an example of the old TV series, The Apprentice. Mm -hmm. The first year it was on, the very first year it was on, there were a bunch of people that really were looking to get a job with this person. We're not going to talk about who that person is or anything. In their 
industry because they felt it would be potentially a leg up for their careers. Mm -hmm. Subsequent seasons, it became, and this is even with the bachelor, the bachelorette, the, um, all of those, um, reality TV shows, it became less about what the show was about and more about elevating somebody's personal brand. And then people, even Survivor, the first season, and I'm not a, I don't really watch Survivor, but if you watch any episodes from the very first season of Survivor to now, same thing with Amazing Race to now, you start seeing it. Although Amazing Race tends to be more real still than the, hey, let me, let me see who I'm at. And it's amazing that they've kept to that. When, when you look at those things, trying to get my thought clear on that. What do you think is the is the cause of those things in the evolution? Is it gamification? Is it all the social media? Is it people losing a sense of purpose or not having a sense of purpose? I, I think you I, I think it's a combination of all of that. And I think where a lot of those reality TV shows when the whole um, the whole end result is to win something that what you end up showing is not necessarily brand essence, but brand ego. And I, and I definitely okay. think that there's, there's a difference between the two and it is gamification. Um, there are some individuals that, um, you know, if, if you fall into the category of, of Mr. Nice guy or Mr. Nice girl, um, that's not going to get notoriety, but if you fall in as the villain, we've allowed gamification and reality TV to love the villain because villains bring drama. Right. And at the end of the day, whether or not that's their true self or not, it doesn't matter. They got notoriety. They got noticed. So it is it's, it's the it's the game of knowing who I am specifically. Um, so I, I think, unfortunately, you know, when we talk about um, personal brands. I would definitely say that at the end of the day, um, the reality TV space has gamified people. And we've created a culture around social media that um, is fascinated with parts of our culture that show drama, that show evil, that show things that are conniving, that show, you know, for some reason people, you know, love that stuff. Um, And I think reality TV has become a game in itself. And that whole concept of reality isn't necessarily reality. And there are a lot of people that go on shows like that and say, oh, that's not really me. You know, I just wanted to win, but guess what? You've now shown yourself in front of millions of, of, of eyeballs and those eyeballs, your personal brand is the experience and set of experiences that you're having with another individual. That's your brand. You've decided on that, whether or not it's you or not, you've created that emotional connection, that set of experiences with somebody else. You have created your brand around false pretenses and, or, you know, ego, which is where a lot of people end up falling. So and, and you, know, you see a lot of these experiences where, you know, oh, they end up in a, in a proposal. I think it's 90 some odd percent end up in complete right. failed relationships. Um, well, you know, is that is that really your brand showing up or is that really just I want to win the game and I want to get known for winning the game? Um, so it's it, it, there's a lot of gamification and 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 uh, Yeah. yeah. I could go on about that one. <laughs> well, I, I do. I do want to go more into that. And mm-hmm. and Josh Freifeld is is up on social, and he said he's harding brand essence instead of brand yeah. ego, and applauding that. I never heard it put quite that way before, Tucker, which is one of the reasons why I just love our chats. Mm-hmm. Let's let's expand and, and go deeper into that because I'm not fully understanding how my listeners can evaluate for themselves whether they are brand essence or brand ego. So are there some things or questions or something that they can do to help themselves evaluate that difference and what they're doing and perhaps how to take it to the next level shift it if it's not reality. It's just something they're like, oh, I have to gamify this, you know? This, this simple delineation, and, and I think is, and, and I don't want to oversimplify it, but let's start with a really simple um, way to look at it is brand essence 
is about showing up in servant leadership and how you service others and how you create, you know, impact for others. Brand ego is how are you servicing yourself for your own greater good, not the greater good of somebody else. And that's, that's the difference between the two. And ultimately we think that our brand ego is what drives brand essence. And with the reality is our brand ego ends up being the downfall of what our brand essence is. If you can focus on the focus on the essence, which is about how you show up for other people and how people perceive you, not how you perceive yourself, but how other people perceive you and what you're doing for others, that allows the essence part to rise because it's being delivered through the eyes and ears and thoughts and experiences of others. The ego is only driven through one set of eyes and it's yours. And if that's the case, then you start to look at the relationships in a way of, are they truthful? Are they, are they trusted? What are, are they really built on a foundation? Or are they build, built on all, all it takes is somebody to one comment or one truth to show up. And all of a sudden that foundation is, is gone and you're, you're, you're back underneath the sand. So that's, I would say that's the easiest, um, okay. is it's literally the set of experiences you're having with other people. So if you're only focused on yourself, people are going to see right through that. Um, and that's what you start to see is we, we, um, we celebrate the brand ego and the, the villains. So the villains are brand ego, right? And, you know, the ones that end up um, are, are known for how they treat others and how they show up for others. Those, that's the brand essence. But a lot of times the gamification creates more brand ego. And we think that that's what people want. The reality is they love to make fun of that and poke fun of that and see the drama around it. But the essence is what really makes people to, to act on making decisions. Okay. Can you grab an example from reality to explain that? You know, either from TV, from in person, from anything that you could think of. Um, I, you know, it, without calling people, you brought up The Apprentice, which is why I can't get The Apprentice out of my mind. But, you know, you, who was the biggest villain from The Apprentice, right? Amorosa, right? Yeah. If you go back and look at, you know, um, she was nasty, she, nasty, and, and she was, that was quite her, smart. But you don't think about that because she no, was just evil. She, she had the ability to to create powerful woman, really smart, this and that. And at the end, she created. She got so much wrapped up in the ego, which is who she thought that the you know the gentleman who was going to hire her was looking for. That she completely lost herself, and she said this in, in, in interviews over, over over the past. But she became known as as the villain. So when you when you hear that name, nobody associates it with a a powerful woman or someone who's in it to help others and is, is really creating this you know amazing impact. You remember her as being, you know, the bitch that tried to get her way on all, all you know and, and and conniving and manipulation at and all any cost. At any cost, and. You know, a lot of people, I think she in her mind thought that that was going to be, I'm strong. People are going to trust me. I can run a company, all of these things. And, and what it ended up doing was actually backfiring on her and realizing, I don't trust you. I don't think you can run a company. And I don't think you're into service others. I think you're only into service yourself. And that's where brand ego took over for brand. Her brand ego became her brand essence because she only focused on herself. Um, I can't think of any. Um, now you've got now you've got me thinking about okay you know, um let's let's just throw one in there um yeah. that I've, I've been thinking about mm -hmm. um the kardashians uh. right <laughs> you want to talk about brand essence brand ego brand right yeah. they're they're billionaires mm -hmm. they think of something and it becomes so big they're appealing to their audience i wonder who they really deeply truly are Kim Kardashian has now started advocating for people in prisons who were wrongfully imprisoned or who had crazy um, sentences done for them. The Kardashian family is amazing at personal branding and also just branding. But when you look at essence versus ego versus can they ever even move on beyond the brand that's been created. Think of rock stars that have left a band and went out on their own. 
I mean, I know there's a lot I'm kind of throwing in there and there's not necessarily a question. It's like this thought idea of how do you work with that and then try to even shift. Yeah. You know, I, the Kardashians is kind of a funny thing because, um, and I've never watched it. Yeah. I, it's, it's come on in our house a few times, but I, I don't make it a habit of, <laughs> of, of sitting through it. I think part of what makes powerful brand essence is relatability and trust and connection. So if you look at that from the perspective, Oh, they're really good brand marketers. Um, I think the hard part is, you know, they only appeal to a very certain percentage of the population that aspire for greater excellence in the terms of, I want more money. I want more exposure. I want more celebrity status. You can argue from that perspective, they're graders. They're great branders from that. If, if that's what you're looking to achieve, I would hope that the majority of people don't necessarily sit there and aspire to show off wealth and, 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 I got to be careful about how I say this because I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, say something wrong, but okay. if you're, if, if that is something to be, if that is, if that is a family and or brand that you aspire to be, I would check your ego at the door. Why you think that they're such a powerful family that gets into money. It gets into privilege. It gets into celebrity status. It gets into all of these different things. And I don't like to look at the Kardashians as great examples of personal brands. Okay. In a well, positive sense, right. Okay, They're personal brands in their own right, but are they doing it for the right reasons? I mean, how many people really want to know how rich people live? I, I, I don't, I, it's, it's just, it, it right. baffles me, right? Yeah. It baffles me too, which is why it popped into it, my mind. <laughs> yeah. And it's part of the, maybe it's like this fantasizing of certain things, but um, you know, it, it, and there's train wrecks in the show, but yet people find, find entertainment and, and, and train wrecks. And I will tell you that we, I don't want to confuse brand with with entertainment right right and i think sometimes we 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 cross the lines of entertainment we think people are brands or whatever it is but really is more entertainment value so um that's a tough one though because that's that's you know they're they've kind of created that a pop its own pop culture around it well Um, i think they were the first influencers they really created this whole difficulty that I personally have now around, is it a brand? Is it influencer? Is it entertainment? What makes these people have sway or power or go up to a restaurant and say, if you don't give me freebies, I'm going to destroy you kind of stuff. You know, Um, Josh put a comment up in the chat about Jimmy Carter and Josh, that's such a great Great example. I mean, I'm just That's a, a massive great fan. example. I'm just reading that now. Absolutely. Okay, so, it, so Jimmy, so so Josh brings up a really good point. And, and here's here's a bit of a test. If you were to ask a 10 year old girl right now what they see in the Kardashians as what they like about it, think about it. They're going to say wealth, fashion, celebrity status. All of things that feed into brand ego. That is a form of branding. You look at what Josh has put up there. That is that is brand essence, right? There's a difference because the way you show up in service is different than the way you show up in ego. And I can't imagine that if, if you even I have a 13 year old daughter and you say, you know, why do you watch the Kardashians? It's it's completely superficial. There's absolutely no emotional connection other than what does it look like? How, how do we ro- romanticize being wealthy and over the top? It just it's just a different kind of brand experience. Um, okay. I don't know if that if that. Well, makes- l- let's just go a little deeper yeah. into it. And for those of you who are listening just on podcast and can't see the chat, what Josh wrote. Well, first off, go over to. Um, any of my social media platforms are up on my website or YouTube and you can see what he wrote. But Jimmy Carter is such an example of essence. Here's a guy struggling with cancer, but yet still is in his community building homes for Habitat for Humanity. Does he need to? Of course not. Think of how that lifts their message, though. That's an example of true power, not club wielding. So everybody has the context here. Um, 
so let's extrapolate this a bit yeah. a bit further because it fits along with what we were talking around around the TED talks and, and why you might want to do the TED talk that you talked about when we first started. At what point does personal brand and whether it's brand essence, brand ego, whatever it may be, blend or merge with your business brand? And when does it need to stay separate? Look at an Elon Musk as an example, right? Although it doesn't seem to hurt his brand at all, his crazy personal stuff that he does. Is there something that people need to think about or in this world today where putting yourself out there and creating controversy matters? I don't I don't know, Tucker. It, it confuses the heck out of me because I see a lot of people who are servant leaders, who are all about kindness, about goodness, about providing content that is designed to uplift without right. a lot of controversy, can't get traction to save their lives versus these other people like you talked about with the villains. That's what seems to get the lift. So how does somebody compete with that and balance all of that out? Yeah. I hope uh, that... You- no, no, you, yeah, you okay. bring up a, a really good point. And, and I, I want to go back to the first part of it, which was, you know, the difference in, you know, personal brand and where, and where does business brand start to merge? I always say that, um, and, and working especially with entrepreneurs who are building a new business, is that they sometimes they separate their personal persona and their business persona. And I always say, whatever your personal values are, those need to mirror the same values in your business, the product that you develop, the service that you're putting out from other individuals, they have to be one and the same. Because if you think you can operate separately from my personal values and business values, it's going to be very tough to scale and grow over time. There may be some immediate growth, but every brand that I see where the person doesn't match the business has failed. But if the person can mirror their own values and the business values and whatever that they're trying to develop, then that becomes, that's where brand, where your personal brand and your business brand merge really, really well. Because ultimately, when you show up for people, which is your brand essence, and you show up for, and, and your company is mirroring those, then the product that shows up, the two of them are going to be connected one and the same. And that's where brand essence and the brand of the company are mirror reflections of one another. And that's what you're trying to trying to achieve. When the brand persona doesn't match the brand itself, that's when you start to get into, you know, uh, situations where um, the, the leader of the company is not representative of what we're trying to create. So they end up getting fired or they're pushed out or the, you know, the, the media will just tackle them and that sort of thing. It's because there's a disconnect between brand ego and brand essence. And they're, 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 they're fighting one another. They're at odds. Um, now, the other thing that, and you're right, that there tends to be this, well, the good guys aren't winning, but the bad guys are. Here's what I would, here's what I would argue. The media over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years has romanticized the bad stuff. Right? Oh, yeah. And because media is so influential and can reach so many eyeballs so quickly, the assumption is that the villain is winning or the assumption is that because because we see it in mainstream media that's the mass that's that's where the majority of things are what i've found is and especially since i've literally turned off the news for since since um, covid started i'm only working with people that see the goodness and where things need to be because we get so entrenched with things of people influencing us with this negativity that we end up, you know, we, we find ourselves at a crossroads and I've never been more happy and, and, and comfortable with working with clients than I have than literally tuning out mainstream media. And I think that's part of it. The, the perception is that the villains will win or that, certain controversial brands are are swallowing up the the good brands it's only because the good brands aren't necessarily getting the coverage it doesn't get you know the, the as much um you know it, uh facetime it doesn't get the facetime that it deserves 
Um, but I will tell you, there's a lot of companies out there doing amazing things. They're just not, it's just not being shown in mainstream media. So I think part of it is that there's the assumption that that wins, but it's only because it's what we, you know, the masses see. Does that make sense? It, it does. And that made me, cause I don't watch the news, right? I'll, I'll read some news feeds. Like I'll scroll through some news mm-hmm. feeds and yeah. only click on a few things that I feel the crazy headline. I always find the more subdued headline because I figure perhaps they'll have a more Walter Cronkite approach (laughs) to feeding me the news. But do you remember during the start of COVID, John Krasinski, I think is his name, the actor, he created that show. I was going to bring that up. Oh, you were? Okay, cool. Great minds think alike. I wrote down, don't forget Krasinski, you know, great, the, the, the good news. Right. And, and he yeah. created this amazing show and then he sold it, I think, to CBS. Not positive about I that. Yeah, I don't remember. Who were planning on developing it into something. Yeah. And I feel like it became the, no, they were so afraid of it, they bought it to bury it. Because we've never seen mm. any signs of any yeah, of it again. What- and big brands have a tendency to do this, they buy smaller products that they they feel are growing and could compete with one of their products, and then they just bury it. And I mean, what's your thoughts? Since you were going to bring up the John Krasinski, well, the reason I was going to bring it up because if you look at you know when you used to watch the news, it's you go through the let's say it's the world news and it's like a, a thirty minute segment, and then literally they'll say, and finally some good news, and it's literally the last. 60 seconds of the broadcast and it's this heartwarming story that probably has a child in it or whatever it is. And all of a sudden that one little thing goes viral, but it gets the least amount of attention in the newsfeed. And I think part of it is we're not, we've got to reprioritize the stories and the brands that focus on the good stuff. Um, uh, Josh just brought up yet another spectacular personal brand, Keanu Reeves. Who's like, so I don't want to be the guy you think I am. want to be. And he got so much crap for being, oh, he's not a very good actor, all this kind of other stuff. But yet he's done some brilliant work. And all of what he has done best in his life aren't the movies that he's put together. But it's how he's used his influence to create, as Josh said, other philanthropic outreach programs that nobody gets to see, at least in the media. Right. And that's where all the good business, all the good brands are behind the scenes. Um, And until we create a paradigm shift around celebrating that, most of that good stuff is is happening behind the scenes. Um, And we don't see those stories. It's 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 kind of tragic. But I've also made it my point, Laura, too, is I don't work in that big corporate space as much anymore because the real juicy, amazing stuff are the people that show up and want to do really, really good things. And I can literally spend hundred percent of my time with those great people and not have to focus on any of that stuff. Um, so I think part of it too, is your brand is what you attach yourself to as well. It's the shows that you watch, the food that you eat, the brands that you buy and associate with. Remember that's all part of your own persona. Because if you're, if you know, for women, this happens a lot. It's like, oh, if you're walking down the street and you're wearing a Louis Vuitton bag, what is the, the automatic assumption? Oh, they got a lot of money. Right. Well, what if that one person has literally saved up for 15 years to own the one bag just because that's the one bag that she, she absolutely loved, but on the side is over here running um, a nonprofit for homeless? I mean, you don't, again, that, and part of that too is, right. is, is, is we have to be careful of but all those decisions that you're making add up to a set of experiences that create who you are as an individual. So you're making, and it comes down to choice. Our brand persona comes down to choice and what you align yourself with. So, um, and, and that's why a lot of media is getting some, some, some flack, especially around politics is because they attach themselves to negativity and nobody wants to deal with it anymore. Nobody wants it anymore. Um, so anyways, that's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> we could do a whole other one of that because I got like 30 billion thoughts running through my head right near. 
right now, including the fact that, you know, I drive this ridiculous Mercedes SUV and I shouldn't even use the term ridiculous to it. Um, I literally had to buy it because it was the quietest car I could right. drive. I can't do noise canceling because it will yeah. automatically trigger my sound induced disequilibrium like instantaneously. Um, it was literally the quietest car I drove, test drove, mm-hmm. because car noise will trigger me. Yeah. So buying, financing this car gave me the ability to go to the grocery store. But I sit there and I go, well, what about me? Because I'm driving this car. Versus when I had, I always used to have convertibles. I don't anymore for lots of reasons, right? Mm-hmm. When I got my Saab convertible back after they changed the body style, and I love this car, I got in it and I just felt free. I mean, it was just something so beautiful about the car. And then when that one died and I ended up with another car and then I ended up with an Audi convertible, it was like the power of it, right? Yeah. I just felt like like a jet pilot driving this car, even though you can't drive it at the speeds you'd like to, but it released something inside of me. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily what people saw from the outside looking in at the brand, Right. So how do you fit with that? I had one customer back when I had a Mercedes convertible that I bought pre-owned. Right. I was went to visit them to see about them becoming a client when I had my tech services company. And they said, well, we're not going to bring you on as our vendor. And I said, why is it we don't do what you need? And he goes, no, you drive a Mercedes. I don't want to do business with somebody who drives a more expensive car than I could ever imagine owning. It means that you're overcharging Mm. your clients. And I was like, whoa, uh, that's so not true. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a perception of that particular client that not that this company is successful and she saves her money and she did whatever and she bought a pre-owned and, and whatever. It doesn't matter all those rationales, but we do put our perceptions on somebody's brand perhaps beyond what they mean it to, as you said, with the Louis Vuitton pocketbook or the clothes that somebody's wearing. So how do you mesh those different pieces with yeah. your brand essence It's so, so here's, here's another way to look at it is, and I totally hear what you're saying. And, you know, if if somebody, you know, were to put you in a Mercedes and say, okay, what does this say about Laura? Probably nine out of 10 would say she, you know, makes a lot of money. She likes nice cars. She's, you know, that sort of thing. No one would ever guess why you, why you purchased the car based on your story. You also have to remind yourself that um, from a personal brand perspective, you associate with the people who are most like you. So I would argue, I would never have done business with that gentleman anyway, if that's the way that he feels. And I didn't. <laughs> right? So if anything, I, I go back, back to, we can't please everyone and we will. And if we want to be everything to everyone, we end up being nothing to no one. So focus on those that matter. Focus the, on those that actually get who you are and know who you are. And you will be living and, and, and building business in abundance if you stick to that strategy. Okay. And I think that's for a lot of people that are worried about letting people down or not getting the masses or not making the numbers. So they try to end up tweaking their brand to, to, to meet everybody. And it's never going to work um, because that's, you just can't physically be a brand for every single person. Um, but do it, you, sorry, and, and yeah. I'm interrupting you. <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay. But what if you decide that your brand is this level of income, this, this type of person, this is where they hang out, but you yourself don't feel internally that that's you or that you're living, right? You feel a disconnect. Mm -hmm. You know, that's who you want to be. It's not who you currently are. Am I kind of making sense here? Because I see this a lot of time with some clients I work with and with some groups that I, I mentor and do some stuff with this. Well, but I, I need the people that make this much money, but you know, I'm driving a beater Honda. 
And, and uh, I, I would argue that they're not happy. They're never going to be happy. Right. And they're going to be at constantly at odds with themselves because they're trying to be something that they're not. And if at some point, um, and, and I, and I had to learn this the hard way too. It's, it's, it's when you're trying to be somebody else and you try to keep up with the Joneses um, and, you know, Josh just said birds of a feather flock together. Absolutely. If you're trying to be something you're not, then your brand essence is at odds with your brand ego. Okay. But what if it's, this is who you aspire to be. So mm-hmm. you want to surround yourself by those people because you, you know, you're trying to move beyond who you currently are or you currently perceive yourself to be. Cause a lot of times we perceive ourselves both good and bad to mm-hmm. be in non-reality places. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's somewhat circumstantial and you, you always want to, you know, I said this even to my son the other day, uh, you don't always, you don't want to be the best, per, you know, best player on the soccer team because you want to make sure that you are aspiring to be something better and drive yourself and learn and that sort of thing. So there's nothing wrong with surrounding yourself with people who you want to aspire to be, but you got to keep your own persona in check because if you're not trying to achieve that, through genuine, authentic means, then that's when you're starting to jump the shark and focus on brand ego and not brand essence. Because ultimately, at some point, if you show your true personality, someone may pick you up like a, like a mentee, nurture you, mentor you, whatever it is, and provide you the right people and resources to get there. But if you're constantly trying to sacrifice your own personal values to get somewhere else, that, that journey is not going to end well. So there's nothing wrong with having aspirations and surrounding yourself with people that are different and or where you want to be. Just don't lose who you are. Because if you're meant to be in that specific crowd, someone is going to find you and pick you up and see your value and see how you're going to you know, create whatever impact you're going to create and pull you into the journey. But if you're constantly trying to force it, that's a different situation. You're never going to be happy. Um, one thing before, and, and I know we're, we're getting close to time, but one brand that I think, um, and I was guilty of it, um, personal brand that I think has done absolute 180 is Justin Bieber. Um, you go back and you look at you know what happened to Justin with fame and fortune at an early age, and he be turned into a punk. He turned into someone who was all about image and himself. And um, when he ignored who he was in his brand essence and let his ego take over, he got sick. He yeah. turned to substances. He turned to fame and fortune to be his, what he thought was the right abundance for his own life. And he took a break, threw it all aside, took accountability and has owned every single mistake he's ever made. And is probably now one of the most likable punks from, you know, the, the early two thousands that everyone kind of loved to hate. And now right. he's this steering person that has completely turned himself around but that's, you know, that's maturation and brands do that, right? There's a maturity that goes and, you know, you get the excitement around this and you, and you fall in, you fall victim to a lot of different things. But at the moment you fall victim to something that's out of alignment or that's outside of your value set is when you start to fall. That's when the empire starts to fall. And that's why succession planning is so important in business, because if you hand it off to someone just because they're the most popular, if their values are out of alignment, that empire is going to fall. So you got to make sure that the persona and the essence matches where the brand wants to go. So there's a little bit kind of a, 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 I would say, a business correlation between the two. Oh, my God. We have like three more shows we could do. <laughs> yeah. I could do a whole, everyone laughs at me. I could do a whole show on, on Justin Bieber. It's hysterical because I used to hate the guy. Um, and now I think he's one of the most authentic, real, likable influencers for that generation because he's owned his stuff. He's come into contact with his mental health. He's taking care of himself and he's showing others what it's like to go through the bad stuff and come out even better. Right. And he's not really all over social media and all of that for his own mental health. He's making less money. But from what I understand, he's making less money than he did when he was younger, but he's happier than ever. And he's more content. So, but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother story. When you're talking about the Justin Bieber and all those different things, do you watch the new show with Queen Latifah, The Equalizer? I don't. 
I have always loved Queen, Queen Latifah. I'm, I'm not a rap fan, but as a human being, I've always loved her. And her TV series, Living Single, to me, was one of the best friendship slash entrepreneur stories and, and real stories. If you've never had a chance to watch Living Single, it was out slightly before Friends and was during Friends, but Friends came out and basically... Um, made living single kind of go to the the back end. But in the most recent episode of The Equalizer, there's this young girl, Queen Latifah's character basically writes wrongs that you can't, you don't feel you can bring to the police or the government or whatever. Anyway, there's this whole rap killing that was done and she gets brought in. And a lot of people have forgotten by this point that she was literally one of the founding rappers back in the day like LL Cool J was and she's sitting down with this young girl who stole some lyrics that she didn't know actually were lyrics that talked about an actual murder that the guy did and they find her and all this other stuff and they talk about how as a woman you can't do certain things and Queen Latifah takes from her own you know she helped write this script from her own background about how you have to be authentically who you are and become one with the people that understand you and will lift you, that you don't have to go to those villains yeah. and those people that rape their their people that, um, you know, the women, the male uh, producers and, and things that have been done, that you don't have to do that. Yeah. And that kind of fits with what you were, were saying She's had her own transformation over the years from that to something yeah. different like Justin Bieber has. And, and we're, we're so close to the end of the show. Yeah, but, re- um, but re- real quick, I, just, I, I think on that note, you brought up Friends. And I actually, for some reason last night, decided to watch the Friends reunion again. Because that, that show was, you know, helped define me as, you know. Uh, I loved the show. It was, it was a great show. But, you know, you look at the behind the scenes of that. And the only known actor in that whole ensemble was Courtney Cox. And they specifically wrote each character for a unique set of experiences and they it took them almost two years to cast that show and they waited for the right people because they knew they could pick up some pretty popular they had the money to do it they were going to pick up some popular actors just because they already had some cachet but they specifically said no we want we want authentic actors that aren't in the mainstream because we want this ensemble to literally sing all six characters and they did it brilliantly because each character showed up completely authentically themselves and they didn't just pull in you know again ego versus essence and each one of those characters grew into their personalities and we can all identify with each of those six personas incredibly well and that's why it was so successful it's like living single it's like big bang theory yeah i mean there's so many of these shows that play off the same themes yeah of that relationship. So just tying us back to our yeah. conversation with the TEDx, the personal branding versus the business branding and where all that falls in, what would you say are the last thoughts that you want my listeners today to take away from our conversation to help them yeah. go to the next level, start a level, or just become more comfortable with being who they are in the world? Yeah. You bring up, I'm glad that we're ending on this because it was something that I struggled with for probably 20 years. I mean, I I didn't come into what I feel to be my my own calling until I was 40 40 years old. Um, And I think the biggest thing is we're not taught younger. Uh, We we, we don't have the emotional intelligences. We're not taught, uh, you know, say, oh, follow your dreams, doing this and that. But we end up, you know, we, we get so comfortable in what we know that we don't necessarily follow what we feel. And um, one of the things that I always, I always, you know, encourage people to, to look at, especially in their adult years, don't define yourself by the role, the title or label you've been given over the last 15, 20 years of your, of your work experience. Right. Um, Every, every person I work, you know, I ask, what do they do? They always focus on, you know, the, the, um, the label or the role that they've been given. Um, the other day I was working with a graphic designer of all individuals because I was doing some work with her company and I asked her what she does. I make logos. I'm like, no, what, what do you actually really do? And she struggled with finding purpose and we just switched. We literally took, I make logos into, I help visionaries 
see what they can't see. And that mm. completely changed the way that she looked at her life. She's like, I've been doing that all my life, but I always thought that I was just, I did logos. And I'm like, no, you do fine art. You do this, you do that. But what you do is you help people see what they can't see. And that's a really talent. That's, that's a huge talent that a lot of people don't have. Right. A lot of people get so defined by what they do at work that they have completely written themselves off of who they are as individuals. So I, first thing I say is I, I sit down and write, what are five gifts that you bring to the world? Don't look at work. Don't look at what are five gifts that you bring? What are five things that you're passionate about? And what are five things that you bring to the table that ultimately change the lives of others? That is where you should be doing more work. And if what you're doing at the office or your business isn't allowing you to bring forth your gifts, what you're passionate about, or how you're servicing others, you're in the wrong business. And the hardest part is to recognize that and to change it. But that's what I, nine times out of 10, that's what I'm helping people do is what is that transition of I'm out of alignment because what I value isn't what I'm doing, or I'm defined by what I do, not how I feel or how, how I show up for others. That's the biggest thing that I can encourage people to do is to really assess where they're at right now. Because if you have to say that your personal values are different than what you do at, at work, you're always going to be at odds and you're always going to be at odds with your ego and your essence and your essence needs to take over. Um, and that doesn't mean that ego isn't important. It just means that ego is focused on servicing yourself, not on how you're servicing others. Because the more you service others, you end up serving yourself way, way more. And that is, it's a hard thing to grasp. And it's um, sometimes you, you end up learning by, by trial and error. Um, but I would say that's, that's the biggest thing is to really assess where your brand is at personally and to make sure that whatever you're doing on the business side of things is in alignment. I love that. That is such a perfect space to end the conversation. But I want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you if they sure. want some help with their brand, business, personal, TED Talks, uh, marketing, branding of any kind. How do they find you? Uh, you can go to tuckerstein.com and Stein, you put it up there. Stein is spelled S-T-I-N-E, the Scottish way, not the German way. I always say that. Um, and there you can take a look at what I do and there's uh, plenty of places on there where you can click and set up an appointment, happy to do a discovery session and see what we can do to, to collaborate. But, um, Laura, thank you for having me again. Oh, it's always a joy. I, let's do this all the time. <laughs> you know, maybe we should do a show together once a month a whole, or something and just do a whole series on this and just pick one thing and go deeper. But, um, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very passionate about the, the concept of brand, I'm, I'm, but I'm most passionate about making sure people understand that they themselves are their own brands. And if they deny their own brand essence, um, they're not giving them the, 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 the love of life that they could be having. So, um, oh. you know, that's, that's a, that's a, and that's a business decision. It's not necessarily a personal decision that's investing in yourself. And that has to be part of your business strategy. That's, I love that because I, I know for so long, in my own personal brand, you know, back when I was much younger, it was this whole conversation about, well, everybody goes, I'm such a nice person mm. and I'm always looking out for everybody else. And it was like, well, you're never going to succeed in business if that's what you do, especially as a woman in the tech world that I was. And I chose to let that go. Yeah. Let it go. I cannot do business if I'm not who I am and who I am is about yeah. lifting people up. If I don't make $10 million at the end of the day, I feel good about myself. Yeah. Excellent. I wouldn't mind making the 10 million yeah, know, right? and feeling good about myself and lifting people up. But you know, sometimes it's not about that. And Josh, thank you for being here. Yeah, he said, thank fun. you both for the wonderful content, Josh. Thanks for being in here. And, um, for everybody who just listened on the podcast, if you do listen on the live stream, you get to participate and even throw questions out to me and my guests, which is great. So Tucker, thank you so much. And, and tell your kids that they really do have an awesome dad who lifts people <laughs> thank up. You, I appreciate that. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> great to see you again. I'll see you soon. See you soon. All right, everybody, thank you again for being with us. And Josh, thank you for participating in the live chat. I love being able to be here with you and, and see what you're thinking about the show. So please reach out either laura at laurasteward.com. If you want to email me your thoughts on an episode, comment, post a review, 
share the episodes with your friends. I love to hear more about what you're thinking and even some ideas for guests that you might have. And as you know, my show, it's all about lifting people up. So if you are going to propose a guest to me that is strictly about they're trying to promote something and not about giving back to my listeners, think again. Okay, because I get a lot of people asking me about um, they want to be on my show. And when I look deeper, there's nothing besides self-promotion that they want to do. And I hope that you know that this show is all about helping you, my listeners, lift themselves up and take yourselves to whatever level, level you want to achieve. And I do that by asking questions. At the end of the day, the right questions can change your life. Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today.